0: Welcome to episode number one. This is my manifesto. In the past two and a half years, I've undergone a lot of change, both personally and professionally. I left my clinical practice as a full scope certified nurse midwife and a medical director of a women's center to build a business of my own. I've laid the foundation of an empire that supports women advanced practice nurses with leadership and entrepreneurship so that they can be the change makers of the world. I've created a six figure life coaching business that honors work that I love to do and that is in my zone of genius. I've reconnected with my kids and my partner in a way that I didn't have the capacity to do when I was in clinical practice because I was so burnt out, I was crispy. And furthermore, I've taken charge of my health and I'm on a journey of watching my autoimmune conditions get better by the day. And if we're being honest, and look, I promise to serve you nothing but truth here. It's been a hellish, winding, bumpy road, rampant with epic fails, tears, and some tough moments along the way. But as you know, that's kind of how things go when you're doing something you've never done before. You can feel hard, exciting, terrifying, powerful, literally all at the same moment. So that's where this manifesto comes in. Because I think when you stop doing one thing and you start doing another, it's helpful to take some time, renegotiate the rules and write them down so that when those challenging moments come up, you've got something to fall back on. According to the dictionary, a manifesto is a public declaration of policy and aims. So I think it's very fitting we should discuss this now during the first of what I hope are many moments that we spend together here on this podcast. And one more side note, you know, most of us don't take well while to change disruption or destabilization. And I'm not here to judge, but if you think you're immune to that, just remember how fun it was to get familiar with your first EMR after your institution ditched paper, right? Like I remember those first days with Epic and it sucked. I was in the OR, I was an LD circulator, and uh, it was the first electronic medical record we'd ever used. And it was complicated. It was not so easy to incorporate, and it took some time to get comfortable with it. So... Everything on this manifesto sounds like I'm the most empowered, badass bitch around. And on most days, that's true. I want you to know that. But here's something else I want you, also want you to know before we get going. I have no shame to tell you that I don't come close to doing all of these things every day. But what I would offer is that I try. And I really like having these rules written down. So when I lose my way, I come right back to the source. I remind myself of a few things that make it a little easier to exist in this world. And I hope you can do the same too, when you're ready, of course. So with that in mind, let's get to it. So rule number one is the most important rule on this entire list. If you pay attention to nothing else, pay attention right now. Literally get a pen and paper out, write this down. Do not, like stop, do not pass go. This is like monopoly rules, right? Like hold, pause. Pause. Take a moment. Number one, throw out all existing rules. Write your own. Again, there's nothing more powerful than you becoming the person who decides how to operate and exist within a world that may not have been built for her. So I would tell you, let's take out all rules that suck, that have made it harder to exist in our bodies and Let's just throw them out. Hell, let's burn them down. I mean, write them on paper. I would encourage you to write all those old rules down, light a match to them, and watch them burn. And then, once you've delighted in the sheer pleasure of watching it burn, get out a clean sheet of paper, get your favorite pen, and write your own. Number two, go all in on your belief of yourself and what's possible I really believe that if you can envision it, you can create it. If an idea has come to you in a moment where you were sleeping or in the shower or you were driving to work and you had that great aha moment, that same wiring that is in your brain that helped you to create that solution also knows how to make it happen. It might not know right now, and it might not off the bat if I asked you, map it out in 26 steps. But the reality is that if you were blessed enough to Uh, to have awareness and to notice when that solution came to you, I really do believe that you are brilliant enough to see it happen. So believe in yourself, believe that it could be possible and believe that you could create it if you were able to envision it. Number three, Evolve not because you have to, but because you can. And I just want to point this out. And I I know this may come as um, skating a thin line here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna point this out because we know that in this pandemic, not everyone made it through. We we don't even actually know the number of healthcare workers who died during COVID, but we have an estimate that it was roughly eighty thousand to hundred and eighty thousand of our people, our healthcare workers. Nurses, advanced practice nurses, physicians, tax, everybody who showed up in a pandemic and who got sick and who died. And I just want you to remember, and I want to remember this too. Life is precious. Tomorrow isn't guaranteed. And if you get to see another day, then make sh- make some shit happen. Like use it to your advantage. Okay. Not all of us made it through, but those of us who did. There was a reason for it. Number four, don't fear expletives like fuck. Furthermore, I would encourage you to swear abundantly to clear your throat chakra and become a person who speaks with gusto. Words are words, and uh, expletives, you know, don't hold weight unless you give them weight. And I've been told a number of times as I've built my business and as I've as I've come out of. Uh, you know, being a hermit on social media, my friends would laugh. You know, they, they all knew that, you know, I was on Facebook. I had about 10 friends before I started a business. And all of a sudden I had, you know, a thousand, right? <laughs> because, you know, that's just kind of how I operated, right? And one of the things my friends always knew about me was that I have a mouth that and a, a vocabulary that uses expletives commonly. And I'm not about to sit here and be ashamed of it. I'm going to embrace it. And I would encourage you to do so as well. Again, if you want to understand why and your rule book, the old rules say that you should be more ladylike and not use words like fuck or shit, then I would encourage you to go back to rule number one, reread it, and consider what it has to do with this rule. Okay? Number five, move your body daily even when it's cold outside. And I'm going to tell you something, your brain will resist. When it is 5 a.m. and you look at your Apple Watch and it's 5 degrees outside, your brain will give you all sorts of thoughts like, don't do this. We can just stay here. It's so cozy here. It's so warm. You don't want to get up, do you? Really? Your brain's just doing its job, okay? It wants to keep you protected and safe. It's not a problem, right? Nothing's gone wrong here. But what you could do is you could outsmart it. You could create some systems that support your desired outcomes. You could create some really good habits. You could commit to making 1% changes in your life so that you get where you want to be in a year. And I'm going to tell you something. I have seen some of the most fantastic uh, uh, and complex solutions designed with my L&D nurses who are trying to trace these small babies. Right or who are trying to chase these babies who are doing a lot of dancing at night, and you go in there, and what happens? Well, the fetal mo- the fetal monitor has literally got like twenty white washcloths in it, and it is angled in such a way that it is just tracing the baby so that we can get a continuous fetal heart rate on the monitor. And I'm going to tell you, if you can be the one who literally sets that up, who who stuffs twenty things in, and who makes sure that the angle is right, and. Uh, and who has the straps, you know, uh, just pulled in just the right direction. Like, if you can can do all that, I think that you can certainly create a system that helps you to move your ass more often. I really think you're that smart and brilliant and bright. I really do. I promise. I really do. Okay? So, and look, if it's cold outside, get some extra gloves. Get some heat warmers, right? Become a problem solver at home and in your personal life like you are at work. You're phenomenal at that. Okay? We can borrow some of our, uh, uh, our skills from work and apply them to your own personal life. Number six, go to bed on time most nights and don't underestimate the importance of sleep as your body's main mechanism of repair and maintenance. And I know this is a struggle for so many of us who have worked nights. I worked nights for 15 years and was on call and had disrupted sleep patterns and also was you know uh, fighting with Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And a TSH that was, you know, high and uh, and undiagnosed for a long time, right? So I understand sleep. And I know that sometimes, especially as we become parents and, you know, nursing babies and thyroid conditions and all this shit and night call, you know, it's not easy. And I also want to tell you that your body needs its sleep. And it's not sleepy for a reason. It's sleepy because it wants to repair and it wants to have a rest and it needs to maintain itself. So honor it. If you do nothing else, go to bed on time most nights. Give yourself and your body the sleep that it needs, that it deserves, that it requires. Not even that it desires, that it requires in order to function. And if that means passing up a Netflix night with your you know, hubby or a glass of wine on the couch, do it. Set a timer, 9 p.m. 8.55 rolls around, get up and off the couch. Go upstairs. Do your bedtime process. Process, as the Canadians like to say. Do your bedtime process and get on it get your ass into bed and go to bed. Number seven, do not fear intense emotions. The only way out is through. And this is just like with birth. We know this, right? At seven centimeters, right? Like there's not much you can do, right? When labor begins, right? It's, it's going to complete its journey at some point. I don't know how long it's going to take, but it's going to. So let's not fear the emotion. Let's not fear that it may hurt. Let's not fear the anger that comes up or the rage the frustration or the discomfort, I would encourage you to get grounded, shore up your resources of support, loving people around you. Allow those emotions to be present without running the show. You can still be in charge even when the anger and the emotions get big. And also, just because the anger is there or any big emotion is there for that matter, you don't have to react to it and increase someone else's suffering. Learn to allow your emotions and let them come and go like waves. Remember, you won't stop the waves, but what you can do is get a really fucking awesome surfboard and ride that shit like a boss. Number eight, just as much as you'd apologize to a stranger for stepping on her toe, apologize to yourself when you've been unkind to yourself. And if that sounds strange, I want you to take us as a sign that it needs your damn attention. Hurt people hurt people. And I want you to become a woman who wins a gold medal in loving herself first as a way to increase the love that exists in the world. Notice when you've been unkind. Notice how often happens. And notice if you could show yourself compassion in the same way that you show others compassion, what that could do for you. Number nine, speaking of which, prioritize the relationship that you have with yourself above all else. Right. And above all others for that matter, because when they're gone, you're only left with you. Right. Investing in yourself really does pay off in dividends and it has the best return on investment that you can get around. So if you're like, I'm going to read this self help book, do it. You're going to find a nugget or a pearl in there that you were looking for. That's what caused you to pick up the damn book in the first place. Okay. You want to go get a massage, do it. Your body needs to be rubbed, it needs to feel better. Right. Um, you want to talk about getting eight hours of sleep every night? Yeah. Important. Why? Again, investing in yourself pays off in dividends. What happens when you're a well rested woman? You are a person who gets up. You have more capacity to be present for your children, for your clients, for your patients, for your partner, for all the people in your life who are a priority to you. You get to be present for them. But that doesn't come without you prioritizing yourself first. Number 10. Allow your emotions to exist and feel the feelings. And I am very convinced, and I'm going to say, you know, I use God here because God's a, a um, force in my life. And if God doesn't resonate for you, you know, swap out universe or source, whatever is, feels right for you. But I think if God didn't want you to feel, then God wouldn't have given you a nervous system with hard wiring from your limbs to your brain. Like God is smart like that. It's not, an, it, it's not, it wasn't done by mistake, right? It wasn't. You weren't given the opportunity to have nerves in your arm, so that when you put it into the oven to get a hot pot and you burn it on the side of the oven, you were given nerves in your arm so that you could actually pull your arm back and avoid having you know, a second degree burn or a third degree burn. I mean, the body is built like that. So allow all of those feelings to be there, those sensations in your body. Become an emotion scientist and become able to name those feelings or those vibrations in your body and what emotions they are. And then begin to notice, what emotions do I have most often? Am I feeling them? Am I resisting them? Am I reacting to them? Am I avoiding them? <laughs> just those questions alone will get you started. But the first step is to notice them, to allow them to exist, and to feel them, just as you were designed to do. Number 11, avoid shitting all over yourself. Shoulds come from expectations, those you have of yourself, those you have of others, those that others have of you, those that society, religion, culture have of you. And this may blow your mind, but I just want to remind you that you always get to choose if you play in that game of expectations. And personally, I think it's a losing game, so I don't recommend it. But you do have a choice. And when you avoid shitting all over yourself, you take back your power and you decline to fight with the reality of what is. Byron Katie is uh, well known for saying, any time that you fight with reality, it always causes more suffering. The shoulds are a great example of that. I should have done it differently. I should have run quicker down the road. My son shouldn't have acted like that when we were out at dinner, right? You're just fighting with the reality of what is. So ask yourself if that really serves you. Make a better choice to something that does if it doesn't. Number 12, allow an abundance of time with your priority people as a reminder of what love, humanity, and connection can afford. And that means put your damn phone down and make a schedule when you're available to them. And then be available to them. Be accountable to yourself. Write it into your calendar. And look, I mean, I love TikTok. I really love those dog videos. I don't know if you guys have seen those, but God, I love those dog videos with the voiceover. And like my mom, you know, the ones where it's like, you know, I protected my mom three times. You know, there were 17 intruders that tried to come to the door to, you know, harm my mother today, right? The Amazon guy. Like, I love those TikTok videos. So look, like, let's, right? I want to be a person who has joy, who experiences joy in the world. And so therefore, I just make a schedule of when I'm going to go on TikTok. And I tell myself I can be on TikTok when my work is done, when I'm sitting on the couch, Maybe for a half hour or 40 minutes or 20 minutes or 60 minutes. It doesn't matter. You choose. Decide first. Stick to the plan. Be present when you're on TikTok. Laugh your fucking ass off. Be present when your kids are around. Put your fucking phone down. Number 13, if you're moved by something or someone, take note. There's, if there's something there that resonates with you. It resonates with your spirit, and it's up to you to figure out Why? The biggest uh, reminder I have of this is sunrises and sunsets. I don't know why I'm so drawn to them. I just am. I know that I love to see those uh, the sunrise come up. I love to see cotton candy skies. I love how every day it's a little bit different. I also love how every day it's there with consistency, the sun always comes up and it always sets and it's a it's a way to mark my day, right? But why do I love that? Well, there's probably something in there about the fact that I like routine and I like consistency and I like showing up even if it's messy. Right? So just notice. Am I moved by something or someone? What's there? What do I see in that thing or that person that I align with? Get curious. You'll get some answers there. Number 14, Decide what you want to feel about your body before you get on the scale. This is one thing that I think is mind-blowing for a lot of people, right? The number on the scale is just a fact. It's like it's an objective piece of data, just like a blood pressure, you get to decide what it means. And if you're like, wait a minute, all blood pressure is like, wait a minute, blood pressures are high, they're bad. No, 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 no. we all know this, right? And a chronically hypertensive patient who comes in at 200 over 120, and we know that at 120 over 80, they're going to feel bottomed out. They're going to feel lightheaded and dizzy as hell right same now i could say okay well the blood pressure in a one of 120 over 80 in a chronic hypertensive could be you know disastrous for that person or could feel like there could be some discomfort there but i know that in a you know normal person walking around middle age without chronic health conditions 120 over 80 normal right same numbers same circumstance same factual data different interpretation so consider this. What if I just said that the number on the scale, I could decide what it meant before I got on? And you can. You could decide what it means. You could actually decide that it means nothing about you. And I would recommend that you decide first before you actually put your ass on the scale. Decide first what, if anything, the number on the scale will mean and if it will mean anything about you. Number 15. Name your inner critic and allow her to be a part, allow her to be the part of you that gets as much love as the achiever and be intentional with how you treat her and note when she comes along for the ride, right? When my inner critic shows up for the party and her name is Betty, my clients know this, uh, we talk about this in Women Who Cultivate, right? Naming your inner critic. My inner critic is Betty and she shows up very often uh, to remind me when you know I've not uh, done something right or... Um, I could have done it better or, um, you know, who do I think I am that I want these big goals and big dreams and, you know, like, why do I even think that's possible for a person like me? Right. Betty is just, she is, she shows up at the most inopportune times and, uh, and she comes around often, but that's the thing. When I start to become aware of Betty and her voice and the way in which she speaks to me, and I can become aware of how often she shows up. Then I can make a choice about whether or not I'm comfortable with that and what I want to do with Betty when she shows up, right? When that voice starts to nag about you're being too big, how dare you, right? So note when your inner critic is talking, note how often she shows up to the party and then make a choice. When Betty shows up, how do I want to treat Betty? Do I want to just, you know, kind of allow her to run the show? No, right? Because shit won't get done. Or do I want to say to Betty, hey, Betty, nice to see you. Not really. Um, Betty, here's a like little blankie, and um, I made you a cup of tea, so why don't you just sit down? We don't need you right now, okay? You can go home. All right, but good to see you. Not really, but good to see you. See you next time. Okay, bye, girl. Right? Instead of allowing Betty to run the show, I can just acknowledge her. I can just put her, right, sit her at a table and uh, give her a couple things to keep her busy and then watch her as she leaves, you know, the party, right? You get to choose. Number 16, resist the urge to act if you're dead. And instead act as though you're alive and you're here to experience all of it. This comes back a little bit to what we talked about earlier, but I see a lot of us who are just going through the motions, Right, going through the motions, trying to get through, waiting for the vacation to feel better, waiting for the you know, raise to feel better. No. Let's do that now. Resist the urge to act as if you are an unfeeling being. Feel it now. Recognize that you're alive and you're here to experience all of it. Number 17, honor your intuition as your internal guide. Pay attention when she's shouting at you with a bullhorn and waving her red flags. And I think it's so interesting because many of us do this in a clinical setting, right? We'll just have this sense of something not being right, right? Patient comes in with abdominal pain and you roll out a UTI and there's something in the back of your mind that's like, she might have an acute abdomen. You're like, ah, you know, right? Like her labs are pretty normal for the most part. She's not in terrible discomfort, but you're like, something is not right. I had a patient like that once, actually. Uh, came in with some um, shortness of breath, which we see very commonly in pregnancy. And, uh, and, and something just didn't sit right, right? And so after uh, a good amount of, um, uh, you know, deliberation in terms of uh, examination and a workup, she had a saddle P.E., right? Like, Can I let that patient walk out the door? God knows what it would have happened to her. I don't know. All I know is that I had a feeling that something was r- not right. I didn't know what. I just thought, mm, it's just not adding up this clinical picture, right? So look, your intuition is that internal guide. So just pay attention. If she's shouting at you from the rooftops, like, girl, don't let her go home, there's something there and explore it. There's usually something that you've Uh, Not necessarily cognitively put together yet. So give your intuition a way to um, sound the horn, to pay attention, and to explore further. Number 18, cry is needed as a sign that you're willing to feel anything and everything that life brings your way. I think crying is a um, totally underrated activity. I think we are um, taught that crying is a sign of weakness and that it's something that we should consider doing less of. And I would say, nope, nope. I think it's a wonderful activity that uh, allows uh, a lot of emotion to process and to exit the body. So I recommend it often. I have a lot of clients who like to cry in the shower. We see a lot of teens who, who tend to say that the shower is a safe place for them to cry. And I think it's great, right, because I don't have any mascara on in the shower usually. And if I do, I'm in the process of getting it off anyways. So why not just have a good cry? It's kind of like cleaning your shower. You know how some people say the best time to clean your shower is when you're actually in it? It's kind of like crying too. You're already wet. Like just allow it to be there. Allow the tears to come. Don't judge them. Allow them to be there. Allow them to come and go like waves. Number 19, reconnect to your why every day as a reminder of what you were put on this earth to do. And when I say reconnect, I mean put it up on a board. Put it on a post-it note. Put it as an alarm on your phone so that every day you're reminded of why you're on this earth and what you are here to do so that when it is hard, because we all know it will be, that you have a sense of a a purpose that is bigger than the discomfort of what you are about to undertake right then and there. 20. Do epic shit and then tell people about said epic shit. I want you to become a woman who is so full of herself, and I want you to realize that in that moment when you decide to become a woman who is full of herself, who honors herself, who talks about what she's done, who talks about her accomplishments and the ways in which she's impacted the world, when you do that, you show up as an example of what is possible, number one, and number two, you give permission to another woman to do the same. So I recommend that you do it often. I recommend that you get so full of yourself that you can't even stand yourself, right? unapologetically, without shame, uh, and uh, by embracing everything that you and all of your brilliance and experience and expertise have created, and all of its magnificence. So be full of yourself. 21. Be unapologetic about your physical and sexual needs. And if you don't know what your physical and sexual needs, you just now have your homework. Figure it out. How often do you desire to move your body? How often do you desire to orgasm? How often do you desire to have sex? Consider these questions. And then consider doing things to support those interventions, like buying a vibrator. I personally recommend The Soul Sucker by The Secret Affair from the UK, who offers free worldwide shipping. And I'm going to tell you something. You will thank me later. It's a wonderful device. Be unapologetic, know what you need, and unabashedly go get it. Number 22, ask for exactly what you want and feel delighted when you get it. In fact, I want you to celebrate it. I want you to mark the calendar. I want you to take a video. I want you to write it down so that you never forget how it feels to be delighted and knowing that you went for something and that you did it. The process of actually becoming a different person requires that you change some of the neural grooves and the old stories and patterns that you've been doing habitually for years and years on end. So when you commit to these things, to marking the calendar, to taking the video, to writing it down, you give your brain a new way to process and you have to practice it so that it becomes more familiar to you. The habit of celebrating is not something that many of us do easily. So I would encourage you, get good at celebrating. Number 23, orchids do not bloom all year long and neither do you. Seek comfort in the seasons of nature. Remind yourself that you are no different than nature. You need time to bloom and time to rest, time to fortify and time to prepare. Number 24, be choosy on where and with whom you invest your time and energy. Jim Rohn famously said, we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. So choose wisely. And number 25, last and final one. When all else fails, grab your blankie, put on your fuzzy socks and your cozy PJs, and put your ass to bed. Okay? That's my manifesto. Those are the things that have helped me when it was hard, when it felt tough. When I lost, when it felt like I didn't know what I was doing, I came back to these. I keep them posted in my office as a reminder that when it gets hard, there's a different way to exist. I get to outsmart my brain. I get to show it a different set of rules. And these rules are a little bit different, as you know, than the ones that you've probably been raised on. So don't forget that first one, right? Throw out all the old rules. Make your own. Get to work. Now is the time.